I don't, I don't got anything special around me to make a funny intro with. <laughs> oh, man. Nah, we'll just send it. We'll just send Welcome it. to Youth Australia. Welcome back to the Youth Australia, guys. So good to be here today, back again. And today we have a very, very special episode for you because we have our first guest episode. It's so good. Let's go. Is very, very exciting. We've been hoping to have guests on for a little bit and uh, we're really, really excited to have this wonderful, wonderful man of God with us today, um, Mr. Mark Wilton, who is... We have a bit of a history with. Uh, yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Mr. Wilton is a teacher and he was actually our teacher at school uh, a couple of years ago, which was mm. fantastic. So, yeah. Good to be great. here, guys. Yeah, it's great to have you on. <laughs> Good to uh, promise I won't break anyone's arm or leg this time. How's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We, we do have a history. Um, we do. Last time I actually had Mr. Mark Wilton as a teacher was for a special class where we had electric bikes up in the mm. bush at the back of the school. Yeah. And um, I, I managed to not just crash, but crash really bad on one of these bikes. Oh, yeah. So bad that I broke my wrist and had to have three operations on it. Oh, yeah. I don't think I'll actually show that on camera because I don't know about YouTube policies and everything about scarring. But, um, yeah, 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 it was pretty bad. It's on the wrist, so it's not a very good spot either. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it was, it was a good time. It it was, yeah. yeah. Also, broke his helmet. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) that was the least of the worries. It was more about you. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, we've we've got a lot of history with Mr. Wilton, but we one did. of the things that I most remember about um my time sort of uh, spent at school with him as him as my pastoral care teacher, and um, the wisdom and uh, knowledge that he brought as he sort of guided us young men in our spiritual journey through those years was absolutely amazing, and I'm very very grateful for that. Uh, the reason why we asked. Uh, you onto the podcast this week is uh, a couple of months ago we heard your story at church uh you spoke on your story of starting growing up in a christian family losing your faith through university and um and then eventually regaining your faith and the sort of steps that you took along that way and we thought oh this is absolutely brilliant and i think something that is quite applicable for some of our youth listeners who might be at that stage of going oh i'm not sure what i think about all this christian stuff you know my parents have told me things uh you know i've had a certain faith but i don't know really where i sit with this myself so yeah if you would like to share your story on that we'd love to love to listen to it yeah yeah i'll get started get right into it um i was uh obviously uh born like normal kids into a family that um that broke apart when i was four and uh, my dad was a soldier and mum was a nurse and uh we moved from south australia where where we were living my mum and dad split 
mum, my sister and I moved to from South Australia over to, to Belmont. And uh, my mum had some some major uh, surgery that was going on, some brain surgery. And so we lived with my grandparents for about three years. And so my grandfather uh, was my father figure and um, it was pretty cool. It was really, really a good life. Um, but growing up, in rough areas and commission areas and so on, I had to really sort of, you know, I experienced some pretty, pretty bad stuff. I had some pretty awful gear, a lot of fights. I was a bigger kid as well growing up and um, and I had some anger issues. Even though I was a quieter kid, I, I really loved to just fight. And um, yeah, it was uh, really quite incredible. Went through school, loved school, absolutely loved school. And my mum, uh, what a gem she was. She, and still is, she brought me up to really respect people in authority, so I, I loved my teachers, enjoyed my school. Um, and at about 16, 15 actually, I got into cycling, into bike racing. And um, I think it, I don't know if it's my genetics, my ancestry, or maybe my father's background and, and stuff that he put into me in the first four years of my life, but I loved to suffer, absolutely loved um, putting myself through pain. And on a bike, to be a good bike racer and good rider, you've got to be able to really turn this off and just let your legs do it and, and be able to cope with the pain. And as a matter of fact, I love that. I uh, really, really like the uh, the suffering aspect of it and love to go fast on two wheels. So I got into, into motorbikes as well. And um, kind of like the, I think when you, you know, when your family's split, uh, you do some pretty heavy thinking and, uh, and the bike was a great place for me to get out on the road and just think, have plenty of headspace. I trained with a training partner, Trent, and he and I'd yak, but also had plenty of Ks by myself. And I'd just be thinking about, you know, the purpose of life and, and what it was all about and stuff like that. Did science at school, loved biology and chemistry. And, uh, you know, I just had a brilliant biology teacher. Um, she put a real passion into it for me. And um, so I ended up, um, yeah, having a choice to make, um, a really quick choice. So I, I chose to do science to get into uh, university. And it was like a five-minute decision at school just to choose to do that. It was either that or engineering or architecture or any of those sorts of things. Got into science and um, and it was really, really interesting. About a month into the science course that I was doing at Newcastle University, um, I had some mates prior to that in the holidays that had sort of invited me around to go to youth group and uh, there's some pretty wild fellas. One of them, Justin, a good buddy of mine, was just a pretty heavy drinker and partier and... Uh, like we had actually nearly fought about a year before, been fisticuffs. So I'd done a lot of martial arts. He'd done a lot of weights, and we were having this pillow fight at this um, camp, and we'd just been to fisticuffs. Well, anyway, this guy was an angry fella, and, but a great fella too. And uh, I had some anger issues. And anyway, I saw him at youth group and thought, wow, this guy's changed. He's changed incredibly. And the blokes that were there at the youth group were really, really nice, genuine fellas. And uh, I was into heavy metal. Um, for cycling, I used to, to get myself going in sprints, I used to really work myself up to, you know, some Slayer and all sorts of heavy, heavy music. And uh, he was into that and all these guys were into it. And so um, I just found a, a sort of a family. It was really, really cool. And things were pretty good for about two years. You know, I got into reading my Bible. I'd never experienced the Bible before. I'd gotten into, into a relationship with the Lord and I never had experienced any of that sort of stuff ever, ever. Cycling took a back seat because, you know, instead of spending four hours suffering on a bike, I realised, you know, that, that there was more important things in life than, than riding a bike for four hours a day. And, 
and having the you know the the train cycle the recover cycle and eat as much as you can sleep and then train and that cycle was just going on you'd know what it's like with the, the ballet mate mm. and so i i just saw that man, i had a purpose i had an absolutely incredible purpose in life and i'd been made to love the lord love people and be in a relationship with him and with people and i just thought that was remarkable it was amazing and um that was pretty cool. Travel traveled on pretty well for a while. But in my third year of uni, I, um, I had a professor. Um, I actually chose to do a course called Religious Studies, and I chose it because I had an arrogance about me. I chose it to try and convert this guy, this professor of mine. And, um, you know, he, uh, Terry Lovett, he, he was a great professor, great bloke, um, but he put in my head some seeds of doubt, a lot of questions that I'd never really thought about because I hadn't really thought much about <clears throat> about uh, Old New Testament, all that sort of gear. I'd only read it. A lot of his questions um, I, I just couldn't get answers for. And I started to really, really doubt my faith. And and science also, you know, doing biology, doing phys, chem, bio, all that sort of gear, but particularly bio, really starts to undermine a an idea that there's a God who actually created everything, is in control of everything, um, because from the perspective of biology, we're, we're a cosmic accident. You know, we, we're, we're just, we're really the sum of our DNA. Um, and, and we're a bundle of cells, bunch of cells that lives, has a start, exists and then dies and becomes nutrients for some other organism. And so <clears throat> with that in mind and, and getting that, you know, 16 hours a week, uh, getting indoctrinated with that sort of mindset. Um, and with the questions and doubts that I was being fed through this this professor of religious studies, this elective that I chose to do, I just started to uh, really doubt what I'd believe for, for two years. And I'd jump on my motorbike and, uh, you know, the, in an afternoon and just ride and ride and ride and just be thinking about the purpose of life. And I just came to the conclusion that that there was no God and that I didn't have a purpose in life, a true purpose in life. <clears throat> and now a lot of atheists um, are, are nice people. They're really, really nice people. And I was a nice fellow, but I could see the whole baggage that I had had um, even before I became a Christian. Um, but the baggage that our society had had was just based on a sort of a Christian worldview that our society had left. And as an atheist, I... Um, I just thought, wow, okay, if there's no God, then there's no purpose in life apart from live, reproduce, fertile offspring, and die. So ultimately, compost, chemicals, nutrients, and some other organism, that's it. There's no true love. Love is just a real, it's biology, chemistry, and um, <clears throat> yeah, there's no, I didn't see for me at the time that there was ever going to be a bond that would hold me together with someone else. Um, I... Uh, I was ready to just uh, either go live in the end and be stoned out of my brain for the rest of my life so I didn't have to think about the big, heavy questions. Or, um, yeah, I because of the I have an ability to be quite brutal on myself physically in the sense of with the training that I'd done. Um, and my father, being a soldier, having he's he has he had a, a quite a hardness to him. I could very easily go towards that sort of hard thing and. Uh, I could very easily see that I wasn't going to be a peaceful atheist. I could be quite a 
very dangerous atheist. I wasn't going to be the, um, you know, the atheist that, that we mostly see on YouTube. I was going to be more the, I will control things and I'll get what I want kind of thing and, and do it with whatever it takes kind of thing. So, and that's not very nice. I mean, you, you guys see me as a nice, probably as a nice teacher. Um, and, and I'm a nicer fella, thankfully, because of God, because I've, I've gotten back in a relationship with him. Mm. But for me at the time, it was actually quite dangerous, um, very, very dangerous for me physically. Um, I think dangerous for society potentially because, yeah, I was super keen to join a, uh, at the time thinking I might just join, you know, the Hells Angels or Life and Death at the time were pretty big, a local um, outlaw bike gang. In the, in the Belmont region and so on. Uh, it was one of those. And, uh, you know, there'd be a band of brothers there that I could, um, you know, work alongside and, and live the life that we want to live, you know, be it the drugs, the sex, the, the grog, whatever it is, the music. I, I just thought, nah, that'll do me. Um, and I could live a lawless life. I didn't have to live with the baggage, the Christian baggage of rules and all that sort of stuff that our society lives by. So... I wasn't the peaceful atheist that we mostly see. I was more of the angry, frustrated, um, yeah, very scary type uh, bloke. Um, yeah, so that was that was where I was coming from with that. Awesome. Anything you want to say? Awesome. <clears throat> no, it's it's interesting to sort of track the way that that story happened and and how those little seeds of doubt planted can really quickly grow and spread. Mm. And sometimes, I mean, you know, who, who knows if even his information was, was entirely correct or not, but it was enough to, mm -hmm. to grab that little seed of maybe a seed of doubt that was already there and it just sort of amplified it and, and grab yeah. it. And then you were, took it and went on from that. So yeah. obviously you're not a, uh, you're not a, you're not a biker. You're not a bikey. I don't, I don't see any patches on you at the moment. No, um, no. You're, you're not a militant atheist anymore. What happened to bring you into the awesome teacher that you are today? Yeah, so um, I, I thought to myself, right, okay, um, <laughs> being a biologist and being, you know, into, into writing and things like that earlier on, I was into being healthy. And I knew that yeah, drugs just weren't going to be good for my body, and I didn't really like the area of movement anyway. But and the bike, the biker stuff, you know, I um, well, I love riding bikes. I wasn't into Harley's. I was into Jap stuff, you know, Japanese bikes that are fast and handle well and brake well and all those sorts of things. Just wanted to go fast, you know. And uh, and so, but the big thing was is I knew there were probably going to be answers. Um, and it was just a matter of time and a matter of me reading and really researching and, and asking the right questions. So, you know, I had I had the usual doubts. Like, I mean, as a scientist, how could you have a virgin birth? Mm. Um, as a scientist, how can how can stuff be created out of nothing? Uh, as a scientist, uh, evolution rules. The the idea of evolution is is it. Um, and so, how does that fit into into Genesis? Uh, or how does Genesis fit into into that theory? Um, but also had some doubts about, heap of doubts about miracles. Um, yeah, and and uh, yeah. But having said that, those two years of being a Christian and, and really getting to know this Jesus bloke, man, I tell you, when I was an atheist and thinking about the things, I just had had 
so much good teaching about this Jesus fella. <clears throat> and I had never experienced anyone like him in the sense that I'd never read anything. Um, his parables were incredible. <clears throat> um, you know, the actual idea that someone would die for their enemies was just like, oh, man, brain snap. It's just uh, brain blowing. It just blew me away, really, really blew me away. So during that time of really questioning um, and, and not believing at all, there was always that that niggling little idea that how does this Jesus fella stick in or how does he fit in with this? Because there's no one like him in history. And um, so so I read a lot of history. I, I, I didn't do much uni work uh, in my last year. I, I got reasonably good marks, which was, was incredible, but I read way beyond the science course that I was, that I was doing. Uh, I read a lot of scientific journals, really got into journal articles. Um, I started to become a skeptic of evolution theory, and, and for some people that's not very popular. Um, but I started to become a skeptic of evolution theory as well. And uh, our course, we weren't taught any of the problems or issues with evolution theory. So, so that was one thing that really drawn me away from the Bible. But the biggest things were getting answers for the for the doubts that I had about uh, Old and New Testament being inspired by God. I had some really serious doubts about that. Um, and, and I, I, I didn't want to read any Christian material because I thought Christians were biased and all sorts of things. So, so I got in and read a whole heap of secular material on that, and was blown away, blown away by the historical accounts, the accuracy of the Old and New Testament in so many areas. Not all areas, because a lot of areas haven't been, a lot of things haven't been discovered that are mentioned in the Old Testament and, and New Testament. But in, in areas of archaeology, I was blown away by the the evidence to support the places mentioned the names um yeah that really 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 you know really it was incredible and i thought okay so if something's fake how can it be so archaeologically accurate historically accurate uh, those two things normally stories aren't made up with those historical accuracies as well um and then i i looked at the i went in and, and delved a little bit more into into um Evidences for Old Testament, New Testament being inspired by God. So being a scientist, I was really, really quite interested in, in the law, for instance, uh, in the Old Testament law. And there's so many scientific, um, with so many areas of science you can delve into there. It just, just blew me away, absolutely blew me away. And so I was looking at that sort of stuff and was was quite blown away. I think the um, the big thing, though, was the just the, the fact of the Gospels being so... Um, Oh, so impacting of, of society and impacting of my life. I just I was just blown away at this Jesus fella and thinking I can't get him out of my head. Now, as an atheist, I wasn't into, you know, like um, I didn't want to get into the whole uh, feelings and all that sort of stuff. I wanted cold, hard facts. And so I was just blown away at the historical record, the accuracy of that. I was blown away at the whole story all the way through from Old Testament, from Genesis, right the way through to Revelation. Um, I started to read the Bible not as a not as a book, as a devotional. I read it as a history book or as a book to try and critique it. And I started to read through it and I was just blown away at how everything fitted together. It was this flow right, right the way through. Now, I obviously had to answer questions about, you know, um, authorship, you know, look at... Um, 
yeah, how is it that, that Peter, for instance, could write this or Paul could write this and, and still be inspired by God? I had to really get in and, and do some heavy-duty reading. Now, about eight months into it, I, I discovered that I can actually read some Christian authors' books. And I started to read some really, really heavy-duty um, books on uh, on theology and, uh, and Bible college-level books on, yeah, just... Yeah, I don't want to use terms that are that I find a bit boring, but but on books that actually help to see that the inspiration of scriptures was a legitimate thing. Mm. Um, then I then I started to see. I, I discovered a bloke called um, John Smith, and I discovered C.S. Lewis. I discovered um, Labrie, a place called Labrie, and uh, you know the the people there. And I, I discovered that there were people that were thinkers that had actually been through what I'd been through and had come through it. And I started to read their information, their, their books, and and also and watch videos too. There's a guy called Francis Schaeffer who's not alive anymore, mm-hmm. absolute legend, real thinker of the 80s and 90s. Um, I read through his works and, th- and could see, you know, I could see others that had gone through the same thing and how they'd come through. And so it was the help of those sorts of people. I, I didn't actually, um, you know, get any help from friends at the time because, you know, I didn't really want, I didn't want my questions and doubts to become their questions and doubts. Uh, my mum and my stepdad, who I love and who is my dad, you know, from uh, my perspective now, my dad had started to go to, my stepdad had started to go to church. And uh, as much as I disagreed with a lot of what was going on at the time as an atheist, I saw so much happiness in his life and I didn't want him to lose that. Um, I saw so much purpose and uh, my mum, and by the way, I mean, they weren't, they weren't married until I was 25. Uh, my mum and him had lived together for about 17 years. And uh, my mum's experience with my dad was so unsettling for her that it took 17 years of her and my stepdad being together before she could actually mm. trust mm. Um, enough to be able to go, okay, I'm going to get married. It was such a, a big experience for her. Um, you know, the, the ending of her marriage and all the, all the stuff that went on, it was quite brutal at times. And so, um, yeah, I didn't want to impact her. I didn't want to impact my stepdad. I loved him heaps. And, uh, yeah, so, and that, look, they saw what I was going through, um, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to wreck it, wreck it for them. So, yeah, so it was a quite a, uh, quite an interesting experience. Now, I came through it and, uh, you know, I was blown away absolutely blown away by the difference um my life without god was dangerous dead set dangerous to me to society now i could i'm not sure you guys would have read a bit about this but martin bryant um killed a lot of people in a really awful thing that he did um down in tasmania but as an atheist i could well have done something like that um i possibly could have gone that way and uh you know now i I look at and go wow okay i could never see myself hurting people in that way at all ever but in that time back then i saw people who cares i mean people kill an ant kill a human what's the difference um yeah there's a little bit a little bit more genetic information but that is really the the major difference Uh, a little bit of time evolution wise uh in the evolutionary line but that's the difference no real difference. Um, and so that was where I was at. But as a Christian bloke, as a Christian man afterwards, man, people have value. Um, 
Yeah, there's there's reason why we we go and rescue people. There's reasons why soldiers, for instance, in Afghanistan at the moment, soldiers are risking their life because the people they're rescuing are are important. They're not ants. Um, they're not DNA. You know, we we people have value, and the reason why they have value is because God loves every person, gives us value, and we value people because of He's valuing us. Right. Without God, you, you don't have that. Without God, there's no reason, like Martin Luther King, for instance, to really fight the, the battles for people, um, to to fight against racism. Who cares if there's racism? Honestly, who cares if we're just bundles of DNA, cells and DNA? Um, there's no real reason why you would want to fight that if they're all going to die anyway, and there's no purpose to the universe. Who cares about people being displaced from their homes? Who cares about people who are treated awfully? All those sorts of things. Um, ultimately, there's no purpose to life. The opposite is that there is a purpose and the reason why we care and help is because God loves us, even though we, we were his enemy. He's now made us his children. He's adopted us. And we have, we have his love in us and we want to do the right thing by him. We want to love him. Just because we've just have experienced his love and his generosity and his forgiveness and all those things that I didn't have as an atheist, you know, I've experienced it. And so oh, it's just the difference is incredible. The difference is amazing. And I just, I just think Jesus is the most amazing human who has ever walked on the earth. And, uh, and I'm just blown away that as a son of God, that he would put himself in a situation to die for me the filthy sinner that I am and that he loves me and has a purpose for me. And you know what? I've got three kids, three amazing kids and my, you know, gorgeous wife, Anne, that I would not have had um, if I didn't come back to the Lord. And uh, who knows where my life would be? I'd probably possibly be dead. Uh, if I wasn't, I'd be possibly in the news, in prison. I don't know. I've been in the news. I don't know. I've got no idea. But um, I know that, that, um, I can make a difference, and I get to now, you know, really influence young men like yourselves, uh, you know, young young ladies and men like yourselves. And it, as a teacher, it's interesting. You know, if every day I got up in the morning, um, went to school, uh, taught students who I thought were going to die at 72, and all the information, knowledge, whatever I taught them, would just go, that would be such a waste of an existence. Um, but the opposite, I get to get up and actually really impact students for an incredible eternity and, and to show love for them instead of hatred, to show care instead of who cares, um, to really, really benefit, mm -hmm. hopefully, benefit their life as much as I can. And, um, you know, with all of our foibles and faults and all those sorts of things, we can at least sometimes in our life really benefit and bless people instead of being a curse to people instead of being that real antagonistic, yucky person that, that I could have been. And, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love that and um, love the impact that, that I can be as a dad and as a hubby, you know. And, uh, you know, and we're on this learning curve. We're always learning and, and stuffing up, sinning. But, but the Lord is just so graceful and gracious to us in forgiving us and, you know, wiping us clean. He's already done that. But just, you know, helping us uh, to be the better men and women that we can be for him. Wonderful. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> blown, blown, away. blown away by that story. Oops.
Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for, um, for the influence that you've had on our lives. Uh, Definitely. Hey, it goes both ways. I get to be influenced by you fellas too. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, it was so good to hear you talk again as well. Like I haven't been at school for what, two years now, over two years. And hearing that just brings me back to, you know, Thursdays, chapel days when you'd get up and talk sometimes so good to have yeah. that back <laughs> yeah yeah oh. Oh. such a good time i i had a question for you mm-hmm. do you experience doubts oh yeah 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 i do um you know it's interesting um the last two nights not tonight but last night night before we've been reading through joshua and joshua chapter uh chapters eight nine ten with the family this is just after dinner. And uh, I tell you, there's some brutality there, incredible mm-hmm. brutality there. And um, oh, it's just incredible. You know, they, they go in and, and take Jericho and they go in and take Ai, uh, and, and there's other kings that come against them. And, and it's just like, go into the towns and don't leave anyone alive. You know, men, women, children, animals, not, you know, all those sorts of things. Now, it, as a skeptic, um, Years ago, I looked at those verses and thought, man, that can't, that's not a God of love. This Jesus, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, if that's him, then he's a different bloke from the New Testament. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so we're reading through this the last two nights. And, uh, you know, there are, like, part of me, uh, and I think part of everyone, we read those sorts of things in the context of our society, and we think, wow, that is pretty darn brutal. How can God, you know, instruct and, and get... Um, the children of Israel to go in and actually fight those those battles. How how mentally devastated would those would those Israelites have been, having hacked people with knives, swords, whatever, uh, being close hand to hand contact and choking people to death until they've got no air left, and you know all those sorts of things. And uh, you think, how can God actually you know do that? And so in those sorts of areas, yeah, I've, I do have you know some doubts. Not in that particular case. I've, I've read through enough information and, and looked at it from all perspectives to have some good solid answers for that and for slavery that the Bible, you know, for some people they see that it endorses and so on. I've read enough information on those sorts of things that, that when I have a question, I go, oh, yeah, okay, I've dealt with that question. Here's the answer. Here's a response that I need. But, yeah, I, I do have doubts, like, for instance, at the moment with coronavirus, you know, um, impacting society and lockdowns and all those sorts of things. But my doubts aren't, um, they're more of, Lord, um, I'll just give this over to you. I, I don't have the answers in this in this this thing for my kids. Uh, I just completely give and trust everything to you that you've got this under control. Um, but yeah, there are times where I, you know, I might be, for instance, um, yeah, in a situation where someone is hurt and I can't do anything and I can pray, but not knowing the way God's going to deal with it, and I, you know, can have questions about what He's going to do, or even if He's is acting. And I think that's a normal human thing to do i actually don't think that the lord is against us for doubting um if you look at psalms it's full of uh doubting people um yeah ecclesiastes is a book for doubters Mm. you've got thomas thomas a major doubter that's talked about in the old testament uh, new testament and you know it's interesting is jesus doesn't jesus actually gets him to question it and you know requires him to question at times. Uh, I think it, I think sometimes doubt's given a bad rap. I think doubt's actually one of the best things that we can have in some cases because it makes us get off our backsides, do some research, and actually think through things really at a deep level. And uh, and it can also 
get us to trust in the Lord um, for those things we'll never have an answer for, to really go, okay, well, I've got, not got an answer for this, but I, I've seen you in so many other areas um, be true to your word, mm. and I've seen you in so many other areas that, that you could be trusted or, you know, that my questions have been answered. Um, I reckon there's going to be some answers there. I've got a few, for instance, a few um, areas of the Bible that I still go, hang on, that's pretty interesting. There's there's a few, seems like a few inconsistencies. There's two of them that I haven't gotten good answers for at the moment. But you know what? I'm really not worried by those because I've had hundreds of those mm -hmm. that I've gotten answers for. And, uh, and it took a lot of reading, a lot of research. That was one of the big things that I had were, were problems with the Old New Testament, um, where I just saw numbers wrong and all sorts of different things. So those two don't worry me too much because I know that ultimately there's stuff that we haven't studied enough, that we don't know enough about, to be able to work out that so that supposed inconsistency. Um, yeah. Fantastic. How's that? Awesome. Awesome. That was really good, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, on this podcast, our main audience is youth, so sort of younger people from 13 to 18, that sort of age. And I know from my own experience, and I'm sure Levi can speak to this as well, that that age is a time of a lot of questioning, a lot of changes in your life, yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a lot of changes in the way that you relate to faith oftentimes, because for a lot of people mm. who grow up in Christian families, their faith is very much related to their family and to that experience of church and a lot of people start experiencing doubt at that age as they start to sort of leave their family um become less influenced by that have to sort of work out their faith for themselves obviously you've gone through an incredible journey um of through that and there are a lot of people that are probably at sort of a similar point in the road what advice would you have for young people who are having those same thoughts, having those same questions and doubts. Yeah, I, I think be careful what you listen to and watch and, and so on. Um, mm. I, I regularly, um, probably every second day, I'm listening to Cosmic Skeptic or you know, all sorts of different different guys, Matt Delahunty, uh, and watching you know different podcasts, uh, sorry, watching YouTube videos and so on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Um, when I was going through my skeptical time, there was none of that. None of that at all. Um, I'd read Dawkins' work. I read all of his. I had to study it at university. So I was exposed to uh, atheistic views. But there's a lot more of it out there now. And, and the thing is, is that it's very, very simple, very, sorry, very easy to watch all these things and go, wow, there's, there's legitimate concerns there. And they are legitimate concerns uh, that these atheists, you know, put out there. But it's quite simple as well to just watch their stuff and go, okay, that's it. Christianity gone. Um, you need those fellows and girls if they're if they're watching these sorts of things need to know there's another side and actually do the deep research. Mm. Um, the fellows on YouTube that that do these presentations, man, they're polished. They're so good at what they do. They're, they're, they're very very smart, but they've also got hurts, biases, and all sorts of things that you don't know about from the history and also um, it, just in their thinking. And so. I think the biggest thing is you need to get a balanced view. So you need to need to make sure you're looking at the the Christian experts that are on there too. So find those and um, and don't just believe what Matt Dillahunty or or anyone else you know says about them. Really dig in 
Um, and, and look at you know the comments you'll see for some of these YouTube clips. You'll see all sorts of negative comments, but they're not comments that are that are really quite thoughtful or with evidence to support the comments so much. Um, so be careful. But I think the biggest thing too is um, who you surround yourself with is such an important thing. And, and uh, as a young young fella, uh, I didn't choose the wrong crowd, even though I lived in a commission area. I was a house kid. Could have hung out with some pretty wild bunch of, of people, or wild bunches of people. I, um, you know, I, I pulled away from that, got into the cycling scene, and um, was protected a little bit from that sort of stuff. And that kind of, I guess, moulded, you know, who I was. I think be careful who you hang out with. Um, don't, yeah, just make sure that you that you're around people that really spur you on, that are real sales for you, not anchors that'll pull you back and hold you back. Be thinking about, you know, the people you're hanging around with. Be thinking about the people, the person you want to become mm, and, yeah. and and have have some goals. You know, it's interesting. We are born to worship. If we don't worship God, we worship soccer players, footy players, whoever it is, academics and so on. It's just built in us. It's part of us. You know, people say, oh, why, did God, uh, why does God want worship? Well, it's not because he needs it. It's because we're wired up to to really value and to revere people and to look up to people. But we sometimes do that at the expense of God. And, and, and that's not so good for us because people fail us. People have, they don't have the big picture. They don't have all the information out there. And so God does have that. So be careful who, you, who your heroes are, who you look up to, who you hang out with, but find good people that, that are really doing well in life. Um, that are, and I don't mean with, monetary stuff and things like that but people who have character incredible character and and look at those because they're the people that are really going to they've got runs on the board that know how to do this pretty well and have got the experience that you can learn from and another another little last thing to finish with is is respect for people who are older than you is such a big thing it's it's a it's something that's disappearing though it seems but i think being able to listen um, cutting back on your social media, which is very addictive. I know that personally because it is. You know, our, our chemistry is so wired up to be to be wanting that hit, that comment from Facebook or whatever it is that you're looking at, whatever. Um, to maybe stick clear of those sorts of things and be really people-centered. To be, instead of getting the hits of endorphins that we feel like we need, that the drug, the, the, the brain drug that, that makes us feel good, be it from alcohol, it gives us that, or whatever it is, really start, get away from technology and be more people-centered. It's so good for you. Um, you can learn so much from oldies, you know, for, and I'm talking like 80-year-olds, um, you know, people that are older that have, that have been there, or 40-year-olds or 30-year-olds or, or whatever. Um, really spend time with those people, be it online or, you know, in person when this uh, lockdown stops, because you can benefit so much from them and, and their wisdom and... Uh, also the the love and yeah i think honor your mum and dad mm. love your mum and dad yeah mm. that's my my dad my real dad man i tell you he was a piece of work but i i think the big thing for me is that i i wanted his love and wanted his acceptance so much as a young fellow and i didn't really get that until i was about 37 maybe 40 and um and i think that relationship with our parents is such an important thing um, and sometimes that's not easy. I know personally how that's not easy. Uh, it can be very, very hard. But I think really, you know, trying to develop those relationships 
uh, with your mum and dad and family and because they're the people that love you and really, really do love you. When it really hits the road that it's bad in life, they're the people who are going to be there for you, really. Yeah. Fantastic. So good, yeah. yeah. And sorry, you go, John. You go. I, I was just going to say, like on your last point, it seems to me that the great arrogance of of our time and of our generation is the idea that we know more than people who have mm. gone before and the inability to to take advice and and learn the lessons of the past i think is a is a big challenge for our generation going forward definitely yeah yeah, yeah. i was gonna say i like the point you made about um your like what friend groups you pick because during that age you know that 13 plus your friends heavily influence mm. what you're saying or what you're believing as well sorry and yeah i just really want to emphasize that point that that is the truth. Your friends will help you decide your future. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what, though? Um, what's amazing is I've learned so much from people, uh, young, young fellas and whatever, from in my first year of teaching back when I was 22, 23, you know, till now, I, I learn daily from, from the kids that I teach, the students that I teach. And I love that. And I think that's the thing. Be a learner. You know, maintain your... Um, your real desire to learn and, and to learn from people, not just from books, but from people. Mm. And um, I think you can, yeah, you can really benefit from people and sitting down and, uh, you know, I'm at the moment just thinking about some of my year nine students who I, who I, I'm missing because I'm not teaching them, sorry, in person. And uh, yeah, I, I just love their, their natures, their personalities and, and the fun people that they are. But also what they teach me is just incredible. And uh, I think, you know, young people, you know, this, this planet's just been really stuffed up by older generations who have tried to do the best they can and try to do the right thing. But, you know, there's lots of, uh, you know, some pretty awesome people there that have got great ideas for making the place better too. So I think it's both both ways. You've got to listen to both and, re and respect your elders, but also respect people that are younger than you as well because they've got some uh, some wisdom there as well and some learning that older people might not have. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank it, you so much for coming today. Oh, we, thank you, fellas. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, you've been such a great first guest and we really appreciate your wisdom and we hope that uh, that our audience does as well. Um, so yeah. thank, thank you everyone who joined in to listen. Uh, we really appreciate you coming in every week and hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you want to ask us questions or whatever, if you've got any questions about this episode, you can comment down below if you're watching on YouTube or send us a link. Uh, the links will be below whatever it is on whatever platform you're listening to. Yeah, so it's all going to be below. Instagram's going to be linked below. Our Discord, ask questions there. If you have questions specifically for Mark, we will pass them on and he might answer them and then we'll get back to you that way. Yeah, that's that's if you want. Yep. If not, we're happy to answer ourselves. 100%. Um Mark, would you be happy to lead us in a prayer to finish off? Yeah, yeah, that's good, guys. Yeah, let's go. Lord, I thank you for, I thank you for your heart for us. I thank you for the love that you have for us every day. Lord, you see us um, in, our, in our sinful ways and you've cleansed us. Um, but even as, as enemies of you at one stage, you know, you, you just have thoughts for us, plans for us, for the betterment of us, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you love us. Lord, I thank you that you forgive us. Lord, I thank you that you run for us and look for us and, and hunt us down out of love, Lord. Let us ask that you um, yeah, use these two fellas and, and, Lord, really use the information that I've said tonight, maybe to inspire someone, Lord. But, Lord, I really want to thank you for who you are in your name. Amen. 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 All right.
thank you everyone for joining us this week and we will see you next week all right catch you later see you guys bye bye